my Kako, everyone. Welcome to a very special episode of the Moana Nui podcast. We are now on episode 25. My name is Moana McAdams, and I am your host, author of The Adventures of Nakoa and Nohea, and editor for the Wild Card Chronicles comic book series. I am joined by my host, Dana. Hello, everyone. I am Dana I'm with Danique Events. I am a cosplay event and staff con photographer. So you see me, well, I've seen me in the past at conventions and hopefully soon again in the near future. So we look forward to you um, enjoying today's special podcast. All righty, guys. So today we are joined by a very special guest, Roy Okupe. Um, if you haven't heard the news yet, Roy has some amazing, amazing deals with um, Dark Horse Comics. And we're just honored to have him here with us. Roy was born in Lagos, Nigeria, and he is an award-winning filmmaker, author, speaker, and entrepreneur whose passion for comics and animation led him to creating his very own company, Unique Studios, in 2012. Um, It was an avenue that allowed him to pursue his dream of creating a diverse library of superheroes. Um, Under that umbrella, Roy wrote, produced, and directed several animated productions, um, including but not limited to the award-winning and critically acclaimed Malaika Warrior Queen animated short. These productions have allowed him to attain many prestigious recognitions, such as being number five on Venture Africa's list of 40 African innovators to watch in 2016, as well as being a part of New African Magazine's 100 Most Influential Africans two years in a row, which is amazing. So Roy has made it a goal to create a universe of superheroes and fantasy stories inspired by actual African history, culture, and mythology. It's what I loved a whole lot about his series. In 2015, he released his debut graphic graphic novel, EXO, The Legend of Well Williams. That story is set in a futuristic Nigeria. Um, EXO was received with critical acclaim and has since been uh, featured on CNN, Forbes, The New York Times, NBC, The Guardian, ABC, BBC, The Huffington Post, I mean, Mashable and more. Like, you want it, he got it. His sophomore graphic novel, uh, Malika Warrior Queen, also sold more than 40,000 copies um, during its Diamond Comics free, free comic book day in 2017. Um, and both of his books have gone on to win several awards, including multiple Glyph Comic Awards and Comic Fist Awards. So as you can see, he has done a lot and he has done all of this as an independent creator. So that is what makes this so amazing. He's been around for a while. Um, he knows a whole lot about what it takes to be a successful one, and we're happy to have him on the show. So let's bring him on. Hey, Roy. Hey, guys. How's it going? All right. Glad to be here. Thank you so much for having me, and um, thank you for reminding me I have to edit down that bio. It's uh, a little, <laughs> a little long. <laughs> no, but it's good stuff. Like I was gonna edit it, but I was like, I really. It, it's a lot. Like you have done a lot, and I wanted to make sure mm-hmm. that people really understood your story and you know mm-hmm. kind of frame it in in that way. So mm-hmm. yeah, that. absolutely. So tell us, tell us what what's going on lately. Uh, yeah, um, I guess the um, the big news. Um, I'm very very um, 
grateful. And obviously a lot of people have heard about it to announce that we just um, signed a 10 book deal with Dark Horse Comics. Um, it's um, an amazing thing to happen for me. Um, first of all, Dark Horse is an amazing company. I think this is the perfect home for what it is that I'm trying to do moving forward with the unique universe. Um, just very, very grateful for everyone who has supported me so far. Um, I think it's not um, it's not an overstatement to say that I wouldn't be here without so many people's help, um, especially people that have supported me on Kickstarter. Um, you know, even people like you, Moana, um, you've been on so many Kickstarters that I've done, like I, I can't even um, count anymore. <laughs> it's almost like an automatic. As a matter of fact, I don't even think you check any description anymore. Nope. It's just like, <laughs> you know, it's just <laughs> a day one back all the time. But, um, you know, honestly, it's, um, it's just a testament to when people believe in something, um, this is what can happen. You know, and to me, it's always been about trying to create stories, although, yes, inspired by African history, culture and mythology. I, cre I created for a global audience. And to me, the focus has always been creating inspiring stories, not just on the page, but outside of the page as well. Um, I always try to be an example of um, what, what, what can happen when you chase your dreams the right way, because I know I've certainly done it the wrong way and I've had to learn certain things the hard way. Um, but I'm, I'm happy that I went through it all because now I can um, advise people properly about what to do and what not to do. I'm, I'm trust me, I'm still learning. Um, but um, yeah, it's it's been an amazing ride. And um, honestly, like I, I told someone the other day, the hard work is, is just about to begin. <laughs> um, you know. So, but that's just the way I'm embracing it. Um, I've always been able to step up to the challenge, and um, this is no this is not an exception, as well. You know, you talked a little bit about um, doing things the right way and doing it the wrong way. What is, yeah. um, what would you say was like your biggest challenge along this almost 10 year journey now? <laughs> yeah, there's, there's plenty. <laughs> As you know, <laughs> the challenges are never ending. Um, I'm, I would say the biggest one, um, and I'm just going to pick one off the top of my head, because like I yeah. said, there's just so many, I think is, is um, self-doubt. Mm -hmm. um, you know, believe it or not, you know, even as you achieve success, um, at least I know for myself like this, I still go through certain periods where I'm like, you know, I'm not good enough to do this. A lot of times where I have imposter syndrome um, and I'm saying as recently as, you know, last year, um, <laughs> you know, so this isn't something I don't think it's ever something that goes away. Actually, I, I think um it's just part of the business, at least for me. Um, I can't speak for anybody else. But um, being able to um, experience that and experience failure and self-doubt, but be able to pick yourself up, um, surround, you, surround yourself with the right people, obviously, and um, you know, face those failures head on, um, I think is the best thing that anybody can do, not just you know, a creative person, but um, anybody that has something that's worth fighting for. You know, that could even be, it could be whatever. It could be a job, it could be a child, it could be a marriage, whatever the case may be. Um, when you believe in something, you fight for it. Um, and anything worth fighting for um, isn't something, excuse me, anything good is, is worth fighting for. Mm -hmm. And that's just the way I've always always seen my career. And um, I think you learn more from failure than success, honestly. So I've been very, very um, fortunate to understand from the very beginning that um, failure is not the end. As a matter of fact, you can use for failure to propel yourself to success. 
it's just it's just a matter of how do you you know what do you do when you fail you know do you quit um do you internalize that failure do you let it define you or do you learn from it do you become better and um you know go back out there the next day and um you know just you know pick up where you where you left off yeah one one of the things that you mentioned was surrounding yourself with the right people yeah so um you know, in your universe and, and with all of the books that you've created, one of the things yeah. that you you do and I particularly enjoy is is um, have a creative team that is, you know, from your hometown, you know, home country in Nigeria and in other mm -hmm. parts of Africa. How did you um, identify the right artist? Like, how did you decide who you were going to bring on and, and what led you to choose them versus other, you know, other creators? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, for me, the mission has always been empowering, um, you know, African creatives and storytelling. Um, and, and for me, the 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 creative part of it is, is something that um, has always been on, uh, you know, a, a huge proponent of why I do what I do. Um, I, I mean, as you know, I was born and raised in Lagos, Nigeria. I grew up, you know, in Lagos uh, the first 16 years of my life. I moved over to the U.S. in 2002. You know, I guess from there you can calculate my age. I'm getting up there. I'm not a young kid anymore, um, but um, to, yeah, to me, it's always been about um, trying to expose the talent back home in Africa, um, you know, specifically, at least for me, West Africa, um, because I feel like, you know, just the continent on its own has such a wealth of talents, and it's not just the comic books, animation, um, video game, filmmaking, um, and um, I've always tried to figure out, okay, how do I bring this talent, including myself, to a mainstream audience. Um, so it's something that I take a lot of pride in is um, collaborating with, um, you know, the artists um, back home um, and being able to, to work with them as partners and, and bring them, uh, you know, to this position where it's like we can all celebrate the success, um, you know, together as well. So for me, it's something from day one I knew I wanted to do, and I'm, I'm happy I've been able to to stick with it. Um, in terms of how did I, you know, find a talent, there's a, a guy that goes by the name of Ayodele Legwa. He's the creator of the Lagos Comic Con that's been going on for seven years now. He was actually the one that brought me into the Nigerian comic book industry because I didn't know anyone. I didn't know anything. As a matter of fact, before, before I, I came from animation, a lot of people don't know this, like animation is my first love. And um, when I failed <laughs> in that, that's when I decided, look, I don't have money to you know, do an animation. Uh, where am I going to get millions of dollars to do that? So, um, you know, why don't I try this comics thing? Um, but for me, it was, you know, finding him and, and him bringing me and showing me the ropes in terms of these are the people you want to you want to work with um, was a huge help for me in, in terms of, you know, you know, satisfying that desire to be able to work with people, um, you know, back home and, 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 and show their work to, to a global audience. I can only imagine like what it what it's like, you know, learning the African, um, you know, the the Nigerian Comic Con circuit and seeing all right. the different um, skill sets, you know, because you know I feel like it's a little there's some misperceptions in in yeah. terms of like what mm -hmm. Nigeria or you know Africa itself, you know, yeah. the, the beauty and the talent of the people. Um, mm -hmm. And you know, it's it's another reason why I was such a big fan of this. Um, as someone who has traveled to Nigeria a couple of times, a bit I haven't been to Lagos, but I've been to Abuja, and I just really enjoyed my 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 time there. The people were really friendly, and it it felt 
very similar to, you know, where I'm from in mm -hmm. Hawaii and just kind of laid back and people just, yeah. you know, <laughs> enjoy. <laughs> right, right, right. I mean, you know, that's a, that, it's a great point. And, and, you know, you more than anybody will understand, um, you know, it's getting better now, but if you look 10, 20 years back, you know, 30 or 40 years, uh, and you look at how mainstream media portrays anything that's not, you know, American or, you know, let me say European, there's always this, um, you know, stereotypical type of presentation of different cultures. Um, and it doesn't mean that, um, you know, certain cultures or places don't have their own issues. Every country, every culture has issues, right? Mm -hmm. There's good, there's bad. You, if you're looking, you'll find good and bad everywhere. Um, to me, it's always been about providing the balance, like, you know, and for so long, when you hear about Africa in the news, uh, mainstream specifically, is it's either about, you know, you know, poverty, starving children, or, you know, corruption, uh, or crime. And it's not to say that these things don't exist, but that doesn't paint the full picture, right? right. You've essentially just picked all the negatives and you've decided to use that as what these people are. And I'm sure there are things that you can talk about, Moana, as well. Um, you know, and Dana, um, you know, even just, you know, if we look at the African-American community, uh, let's, we don't even want to go there tonight, <laughs> you know, but, um, you know, but these, these are, this is where I feel like entertainment is so powerful because I think we underestimate, especially for children, how much, um, entertainment shapes your mind. Right. Mm, yeah. Um, I grew up, you know, where it's like, you know, even for me, as, as someone who grew up in, in, in Nigeria, I grew up with a certain sense of, oh, this is how African-Americans are because of what I saw on TV. And when I came here, I was like, wait, there's actually more to African-Americans than what I, I, I saw as, oh, okay, just gangbangers or, or on TV, because that's all they were portrayed as, you know, or slavery. Um, you know, but, you know, this is where, you know, as, as entertainments and, and excuse me, entertainers and artists, we can step in where we, we can, as much as we're trying to entertain people, we can also educate them as well. Um, and, and be part of the narrative in terms of providing a balance. Like if, if mainstream is going to continue to feed one type of story, then it, then it's our responsibility to counteract that with another type of story. Um, that is very true. Like as much as my stories are, you know, fantasy and sci-fi, there are very, very real elements about culture um, and history that are embedded in, embedded in it. As a matter of fact, one thing that I, I pride myself on is in every graphic novel, when you stop at one chapter, I always have in, you know, um, chapter breaks that talk about this part is fantasy, but this is the reality. This is where I got this from. And this is a very real thing. Um, and to me, it's always trying to provide that balance between entertainment and education. So people don't look at this and like, oh, it, you know, it, this is happening in, in Malaika just because he made it up. No, there are certain things that this is actually based on. Yep. And I love those breaks in the books because <laughs> it teaches me about the history. Right. Um, and as someone who's like, I just love, you know, especially indigenous history. Yeah. Um, it, it sets me onto different paths in terms yeah. of like learning different things about the different tribes. In you know, in Malaika, you also bring in the Chinese dynasties that were there right. at the time. I mean, you know, China yeah. has a a big presence there now, but you know, uh -huh. I had never thought that. Uh, oh, so they've been there forever, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, it, it, it's you know, it's um, you know, it's 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 about providing. Um, like I said, a different type of story 
But I think one thing that, um, at least for me, and I think a lot of people as well too, as, as, as people that consume, um, whether it's comics or movies or animation, we love to see different cultures. Is mm-hmm. is one of the reasons manga uh, and and anime was so successful in the nineties. Just like, what is this? Like, you know, where is this coming from? Or you know, for instance, like, you know, um, the Greek pantheon, whether it's you know Zeus, or even now, like how much a lot of people love Vikings, yeah, um, and and you know Norse mythology because of 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 the TV shows. Like, I, you know, I I'm part of people that. After I watch a show, like I go on the internet, like, wait, oh, what's Ragnarok or <laughs> who is Ragnar Lothbrok? Like, you know, it's like, I, and these things are actually based on things that, you know, are in the mythology and the history and the culture. And you get to learn, you know, from that. And, and I think, you know, fantasy is a great tool to really open people's mind to a different perspective mm-hmm. of cultures that they may not experience. Like everybody can travel to every part of the world. But um, everybody has a phone that they can pick up and, and go on YouTube or, or open Netflix or HBO Max or Disney Plus and, and, and access entertainment um, and, and see different cultures that um, they may not have the privilege of, of traveling to visit. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. <laughs> I'm one of those people too. Like, oh, who's. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, like, I, I research everything. <laughs> <laughs> I research everything, every single thing. My wife is the worst. Like, we watch a show that's, you know, based on, you know, a, a, a true story. And literally she will pause in the middle of that. It's like, oh, I need to know if this, this guy really did this thing. Because if I'm going <laughs> to hate this person, I want to make sure I'm hating this person for the right reason. And it's not because of fantasy. And she will literally go and research. Oh, he actually did this. I hate you. You know, so, you know, it, you know I, I find a lot of people do that. Like we all do that. It's like, you know, we want to know. It's like, oh, what's this based on? And, and that's just the beauty of entertainment. Yeah, definitely. I mean, in the age of information, it was different when yeah. we were growing up, right? Like you didn't right, have exactly. access to all of this, but now yeah. it's like it's out there. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. And I, I love the fact how you really went into about the creative control that indie comics tend to have right. to really bring those aspects out. But yeah. the other beauty is like you have your books on your own app. And right. what caused you to do that? And how does that fit into your strategy? Yeah, to me, it's it's always about um, trying not to wait for people to give me permission. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, building the app was a five-year plan that um, started when I started the company. Um, mm-hmm. I always knew that eventually I, I wanted to create so much content that I would have the liberty to be able to put, put it all in one place um for people to be able to access um you know in a way that no other indie person had ever done um you know before uh because to me um i sort of saw you know how you know the rise of digital comics um you know there'll always be love for physical com- i don't think that's going like everyone says oh people are going to start like no that's not it's not going to happen like that's just the medium is just to it's like the reality of holding a book in your hand is, um, at least in my opinion, isn't something that's going away anytime soon. But um, that doesn't mean you should ignore um, how other people are accessing comics. Because uh, some people just read only digital now, um, you know, especially in the, in, in the pandemic. So to me, it was about trying to see, okay, what's going to happen in two to three years? And how can I be ready um, you know, when that happens? And honestly, my app is 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 what saved me last year because I already canceled. Uh, excuse me, I, like so in, in 2018, I, I think I did maybe like 20 conventions, and Moana saw me, and some of them she probably saw how tired I was. 
just being there. Like, you know, every time people like, you know, friends would see me, I'd come, Roy, are you okay? And I was just gassed. <laughs> yeah. From doing, you know, and it was so visibly obvious on my face. Like, so I decided that, um, you know, in 2020, I'm, I'm not doing any cons. Um, mm -hmm. But where's where's the money going to come from? So that that's that's when I decided to okay, I need to launch the app late 2019 and and have that in 2020. Come to figure out, you know, 2010 happens, COVID happens, and nobody's going to cons anyways. Um, mm -hmm. But having having the app and and um, having people that were subscribed was literally for the first like six months the lifeblood <laughs> of the company. Um, obviously, plus Kickstarter as well. But um, you know that 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 got us through some very rough times during the. Um, during the pandemic. And, um, you know, something that I always try to tell people is like, you know, you always want to have two year plan, five year plan. Um, it, it's good to be in the present and, and, and not overthink too much about the future, but you always got to look at, um, okay, you know, what's going on in the market right now. Um, and, um, how do we, um, how do we, how do we position ourselves in a way where, okay, if, if things change this way or that way, at least we can try to, you know, adapt, um, you know, to something. So yeah, the, the, the app was, was a great thing. Um, you know, not so much now because, um, you know, obviously the darkest thing has happened. Um, but everybody on the app has been grandfathered in, um, for now. It's just that if you go on the, on the website, you can't even figure out how you can't log into the, you can't, excuse me, you can't sign up for the app right now. Um, that's something that I, I'll be making some announcements in the future, but please, if anybody's here and is on the app, you're, you're still fine. You can access it like as long as you have it. And this is what I was trying to tell people like towards the end of last year, I was like, get on the app, get on the, I'm sure if you followed me on social media, I advertised the hell out of the app because I knew that the announcement was coming and I was going to have to shut it down. Um, you know, but if you're on the app, you know, you're lucky, you're going to be able to access, you know, all those comics, you know, everything's still going to be going on as well. But, um, I'll be making some announcements in the future, um, about some of the, the things that we're doing to, to, to shape things with this dark horse thing moving forward. You have a lot of different characters in your universe and Alicia guys has a question. What, which character of yours do you have the strongest connection to? Oh my God. I get this question all the time and I, you know, it's, and Moana, you understand these are like my children, like behind. these are my kids. Uh, you know, but um because they can't hear me, I, I will answer. Um, <laughs> um <laughs> I would <laughs> that was very silly. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I will say that um to me it fluctuates. Um right now it's it's um it's really Ianu. Um mm -hmm. and it, it, for the very specific reason that um it's it's really something that pushed me a lot um this was the book that took me the longest to to write because of just the amount of world building yeah. that it took um like iyanu's world is like a mini universe within the unique universe itself um and and just be being able to create a a black teenage girl as a hero um is something that's very special to my heart be, you know, because it's not a lot of, you don't see that a lot, right? Um, you know, you don't, at least, at least not, you know, right now. And, and, um, hopefully in the future, you, you're starting to see more and more of that. Um, but to me, it's just, um, the amount of work it took me to, to put that together and, and build a world and the characters and the mythology behind that world. And, and, um, just, just the way that, um, the amount of effort and, 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 and brain power it took 
to put, to put that together. I think I would say Iyanu, but again, it could change tomorrow. Um, you know, because before Iyanu it was it was Malaika mm -hmm. um, for, for very good reasons. Um, you know, uh, but yeah, I would say Iyanu for now. But this this is um, something that that fluctuates. You know, for me from from time to time. Okay, follow on question: Which character would you like to see in a cinematic movie? <laughs> all of them. <laughs> all, all of them. <laughs> I want all of them. <laughs> but if if I had to if I had to pick one first, I I would say um, Malaika, um, just because you know She's a lot. Of, yeah, you know you got yeah that first of all, but um, you know Malaika's story is just one that um, you know to see a warrior and a queen that has so much power, yet could be so vulnerable. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, as well, is, is something that I feel like would really play well in um, like a cinematic, whether that's a TV series or or, or, or a movie, I think it will have enormous impact. And you saw some of that with the um, animated short that we released, just the reception yes. to that, you know, and again, not just from, you know, you know, women or black women, it's like just from everybody, like, you know, everybody could find some part of them in the character. Um, you know, whether it was, you know, Malika saying, you know, when 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 they said, oh, you know, select your champion, Malika saying, I am my champion. Um, or or even just her, the goofy things that, you know, she was doing, um, you know, um, you know, in some parts of, of the animation as well. Like there's so many parts of her, like she's so dynamic that um, it's a character that offers a lot of different things for so many different people. And I feel like it's, it, she's a character that can really carry like a five, seven season type of, um, you know, show or, mm -hmm. or trilogy of, of, of movies. And, you know, hopefully um, that's something that can become a reality in the future. Oh my God, I hope so, please. please. <laughs> I hope so too, and I'm pleased and I'm begging everybody that can make it happen. <laughs> same thing, please as well too. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, so um, one of the things I liked about the way you did the story was, um, you kind of made her sister the antagonist in a way, mm -hmm. um, because I would have expected them to be allies, but but yeah. you know they were antagonists. What what how how did you decide to to do it that way instead of like them being you know friends? Yeah, it's it's a very good question, and um, I, I I will try to um, you know answer it very not so specifically because I want to give people a chance to they haven't read it to to read it, but that that's a great question. I I think. Um, it's, it just raises the stakes to a whole different level. Um, and I think it's, there's so much emotional, um, emotional pull that's, that's in that story where it's like these two people are actually two different sides of the same coin. Mm. Um, and it's, there's just, it's so heartbreaking the direction that they both go and um, how they, they, they um, eventually, you know, come to a head. Um, but I will say, if you stick with the series, um, you know, especially if you go to um, the later volumes, you know, there is there is a lot of, of, of that dynamic that plays out in so many different ways. And I'm trying not to be too spoilerish. <laughs> yeah, right but, but, but no, 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 it's fine. But to answer your question, um, you know, it's one of the stories I'm most proud of because of just the stakes. There's a lot of of of, of stakes in 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 the Malak series, um, and it's something that's just a constant tug at, at your heart, and that's that's what you want to do as a writer is, is to be able to 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 um, 
you know, pull people in and and have make people have like a, a vested emotional um, stake in these characters, and and you want their hearts to break, and you want people to have joy as well, and uh, you want to set it up in a way that people can feel like these people are actually real people. Um, because if you can make somebody with a magical sword <laughs> feel like a real person, you've won, right? Yeah. Because you know that's that's what you know true storytelling is about. Like if if you can get if you can feel something for Superman, who is this alien character that can literally lift a bus, um, if you can get the audience to feel some type of emotion, you've won. Because you know you know it's just these characters are so out of the, of the world like when you can bring them to our level it's just an amazing thing and i think that's why superhero movies are so successful is because you have these larger than life characters and sometimes demigods and gods sometimes mm -hmm. where it's 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 they're brought down to a level where we can understand them and feel for them that it's just it's something that you can't just feel in any in any other type of genre it reminds me of uh the typical sibling rivalry when right. you, yeah. you have that you're trying to be your own person, but you're constantly yeah. being compared to that other sibling. Exactly. And it's like, exactly. either exactly. I got to go to complete opposite for mom and dad to like, yeah. you know, pay attention to me instead of paying attention to sis or yeah. brother over here. Yeah. So yeah. it's kind of like that element that we can yeah. relate to of that sibling yeah. rivalry. It's like, that's a you look at it like that's that's me and my sister right there. Yeah. <laughs> Except without the sword fighting, or maybe exactly. In some, maybe <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it some might be a version sword of fighting. sword fighting, like with some sticks and stuff. And yeah, but, but you know, it, it, we all had the moment. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, yes, right. I, that's the first thing that came to mind. I said, I don't know about y'all, but me and my sister had sticks. <laughs> <laughs> I like Girl. to call it the oil and vinegar, uh, oil and vinegar, or oil and water. Right, like right. Some siblings are just oil and water. Don't mix. <laughs> <laughs> they don't mix. <laughs> yes, they don't appreciate themselves sometimes until later in life. You know. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yep. <sighs> okay, so we'll take one more question from Philip Purdue. How do you feel about your universe, and how are you preparing for the expansion of it? I feel great. Um, as I said at, at the beginning, I'm, I just feel so grateful to be able to be in this position. Um, I worked hard for it, so mm -hmm. that isn't something that um, obviously I, I, I will shy away from. There's a lot of hard work. Um, you know, a lot of people don't know. Um, I got into the com comic book industry 2014, 2015. Officially, I started Unique Studios in 2016, but I've been making stories since 2008. Uh, like I said, I, I come from animation. Um, so I've put in a good, what, 12 years into trying to get stories out there into the mainstream. Um, you know, so this is something that, um, you know, I, I, it's, it's a good, it's a good step. Um, it's, it's one that was earned. Um, but, um, you know, I, I want, uh, if there's anybody out there, you know, watching, like, you know, this, this moment doesn't come without a whole lot of failure. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, you know, you know, I've been in a position where, you know, I, I see an announcement made and I wonder, is it ever going to happen to me? And, you know, this is something that recently I, I'm not, you know, before I'd have been uncomfortable to say, but I think we need to be more honest in the industry, especially in the indie comic book industry. Mm -hmm. This isn't, uh, I think sometimes, and I've been at fault with this too as well, where we just always, um, only present the, the good stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And um, again, nothing is, there's nothing wrong with that. We should celebrate. And like I said, I've been also guilty about this, but let's talk about the bad stuff as well, to be able to prepare people who are trying to come into this or people that may be at that point, you know, in a career where things are just not going well. Um, so there's been times I've, I've gone to conventions um, for two days and um, I sold two books. Um, and this is after spending a thousand dollars on table, a thousand dollars on on transportation, and you know you're in minus, you know, eighteen hundred. <laughs> I know you. I know. I know you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know, there's been, and, and that has happened multiple times. You know, I've been, I, you know, times where I, you know, you know, early on, I post something on social media, and it's just my mom that likes it. Crickets. Yeah. You know. You know. Um, I've been. To, you know. I've been in places where you know people have swindled me in the industry um you know there's been times where i've wanted to give up i've made so many mistakes as well too um you know but um you know like and i say this because i know there's people out there who are experiencing one thing or the other and as much as this is a time to celebrate the dark horse announcement i always i want to tell people too like look you know you just keep working um mm -hmm. you know you just keep on pushing you never know who's out there. You know, Dark Horse reached out to me on my website. Like, you, I, this wasn't somebody that connected me or, I, you know, I was referred by someone. Just reached out on my website because I just put out consistent work mm -hmm. over over six years consistently without stopping. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so um, I want to be. I want to. I want to make sure I encourage people out there that um, you know. Obviously, we're in a season where you're seeing a lot of announcements now. Um, you know, these people have had to work hard for this. And, and if they had if they had time to sit down with you, I'm telling you, they could tell you some people failed for 10 years, some people 20, some people have uh, been through so many, you know, ridiculous things that uh, you cannot even imagine. So, um, and again, I, I don't mean to just harp on the negative. I just want to make, I want to make sure that I inform people that, look, this industry is not without its struggles and its, um, its share of pain. But you can get through it and you will get through it. Like I said, you surround yourself with the right people and um, you just keep on creating and keep on doing quality work. It's so important. Just, just do things just to do things or because someone else did it or because you want to be like someone else. Like, you know, actually take your time to create something that actually matters and have a why behind why you're doing this. And please don't let that be money because you'll be out, out of here very quickly. Trust me, I'm telling you, like, if it, about, if it was about money, I'm telling you, my first con, I'd have, you know, just flipped my table and left after 30 minutes and be like, I can't do this. What is this? Like, what is, like I have to stop people and, and, and sell this. Like, people are just automatically just buying it because it's good. I, I actually have to stop and talk to you, even though I'm an introvert. And every yeah. time I talk to someone, like, my heart is racing at 100 miles an hour and I'm mm -hmm. sweating. And it's like every time I talk to someone, I have to drink like half a gallon of water just to recover. Like I'm telling you, this is a fact. I'm telling yeah, you, this, this is real, y'all. Yeah, you know, so I would have, you know, I'd have just been like, you know, you know, I'm out of here. I'm I'm going back to being a web developer. I, I'm a, I'm awake on websites, you know. But um, yeah, I think it's important for people to know. Like, look again for two reasons. Like, you know, failure is part of the journey. And and also you're you're not the only one, and your time is not going to come as well too. Your time is going to come as long as you just um, you know keep working. I'm yeah. sorry for I I'm sorry I went on a rant. Uh, you know I just no. I'm so passionate about trying to you know provide a different um, perspective to oh this happened everything looks great, um, but let's not forget what 
it took to get here because we need to always remind people as well. No, I think that's so important. My husband and I talk about this all the time about how people only see the success and they think it happened overnight. Like, no, these people have been consistently failing for years and years and years and years. And it's all about like pivoting and, you know, um, finding the things that are not working, trying something else. It's all about being consistent, the grit, the discipline, you know, all of those things. I don't see any of of what you said as negative. It's very real. And you want people, if this is a path that they're going to choose to invest their time, money, resources, and time away from their family, like these are the real things that are going to happen to you. And knowing, I I think if someone had told me at the beginning, like, this is all going to happen, <laughs> probably would have felt better. Like, oh, oh yeah, that's what they yeah. said. So, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I'll, I'll share another, another. Um, it's funny story. It's funny now. It wasn't funny then. Um, in 2015, uh, when I was really trying to get into animation, even after I released um, my first graphic novel, EX, so I went for an event in um in in france called um mipcom so it's it's a place where um you basically go if you have like an animated shorts um you can go and pitch it to like um you know broadcast back then you know streaming wasn't very popular so it's like broadcasters cartoon network all of them are are, are there this show costs first of all just two thousand dollars to get a badge right and then it's like going to to France is not cheap, right? You know, you're looking at a ticket that's a minimum a thousand dollars, and then lodging another minimum for five days, thousand yep. dollars. So I spent four thousand dollars on this trip. Like I was so broke, um, I had to take packets of noodles with me to eat when I got there. I didn't go to no. I mean, I probably went to a restaurant once, uh, but um, I was literally. Because uh, I, you know, I got an, an Airbnb, and all I would eat every day when I got back was I would, you know, make the noodles, drink water, and cry myself to sleep. Because I'm like, what the heck am I doing? Right. Um, you know. But um, you know, the funny part of this story, because that's a very sad <laughs> part, is that I went to. Um, so I finally met this producer um, uh, who was a big shot, and he was like, oh, you know, come to um, my hotel, and you know, let let's have lunch or whatever the case may be. Uh, so first of all, I'm like, oh my God, I don't have money for lunch. You know, how am I going to pay for this? So I got there. I was like, you know what? I'm going to eat like four packs of noodles. So I don't, I'm not going to be hungry all day. And when I get there, I'm just going to order water. And I get there and it's like, okay. So he orders like all this different fancy stuff. He's like, what are you going to eat? I'm like, no, it's like, I just, I just grab a bottle of water. I know I'm, I'm, you know, I ate before I came here. I'm okay. So I'm thinking like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to spend like maybe, you know, $2, you know, get a bottle of water. Not thinking, because I was in the Ritz, like that's where he was staying. Mm-hmm. I kid you know, they bring this water and like when the bill came, it was 20 euros. What? <laughs> <laughs> and at that point in time, that was literally all I had left. Oh right. So God. I had to spend 20 euros on a bottle of water in, 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 in Cannes, France, you know, and that was that was literally it, you know. So it's like it's one of the funniest things. Like I can laugh about it now. Um, but again, it's it's part of what I'm, you know, these are things that, like I said before, I thought it was shameful to share them, but it's not like, you know, I, I want people to learn from these experiences and, and also understand what it takes to, to, to get to this point. Because I feel like, like you said, if you're equipped and know like, okay, this is actually what it takes, then you can make a better informed decision about how you want to move forward. Yeah, definitely. So with all of that in mind, who was the first person you called when the deal was official? 
Uh, obviously, my wife. Well, I didn't call. We live in the same house. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so phone call, I think, um, let me try to remember. I can't, I think I did a group call to like, um, oh, actually, no, I think it was, I think it was my mom that I called. I can't, I'm sorry, I can't remember. I think it must've been my mom and my sister. Um, and obviously they were, they were so, so proud of me. But I think the first person within the, the, the industry that I, I, I called, I think was, I think it must have been um, Joe Illich because uh -huh. Joe has been Joe has been such a gem for me. Um, Joe has been a great mentor, and I will sing his praises for as long as I'm on this God-given earth because he's somebody that um, uh, he and also uh, you know Karma um, Blurred Girl. They've been two people like from the moment I started before anybody knew anything about Roy. They have been in my corner, not only you know supporting me but also teaching me. Uh, about how to be a, a good creator, um, you know, things to look out for, um, you know, how to, you know, thrive in this industry. And um, they've also been a sounding board for several ideas that I've, I've had, you know, in, in, in the past. So those are two people, um, you know, that um, will always have my, my utmost respect, you know, but even everybody like, you know, that I'm close to in the industry, you know, like Moana, you, um, you know, um, Greg, who I don't really like a lot, but uh, <laughs> I hope he's watching and I hope you can see that I mentioned that I don't really like him for everybody uh, to hear that. Um, <laughs> I'm just playing like, you know, Greg, Greg is my brother, um, but also Maya Crown, you know, uh, Deidrean, um, you know, Robert Jeffrey, you know, Brandon Easton, like, you know, so there's just so many people and, you know, I hate mentioning names because like once I start, I feel like I have to say everybody, I don't want to forget anybody. Yeah. Not, I forgot TJ um, is, is another one. Um, you know, these are people that have just been like, um, as colleagues have been in my corner mm -hmm. and have always supported me no matter what. They've always supported me. And I, I wanted to make sure I took a took some time to shout them out as well. Not only are these people super talented and people that I actually look up to, you know, in the industry, they're also just fantastic and, and great people, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, as well too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, yeah, I talk a lot. I, I, no, I no, no, no. That, <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Um, in addition to those people, who who are some other folks that have been influential, like throughout your life, even before you became a comics creator, um, um, and that have helped you, you know, kind of build you into the person that you are now? Yeah, I mean, obviously, if, if you look at, you know, everyone that was involved in Milestone, um, these are people that went before me. Um, I don't think if Milestone didn't happen, you know, Unique Studios and Dark Horse wouldn't happen. Um, I think these are people that have paved the way. Um, for me, you know, so um, that's it's it's very important to 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 mention um, those that have come, and not just even milestone people like you know Jared Kraft and John Jennings, um, mm -hmm. you know, basically trailblazers um, and, and people that have have just been doing things so excellently for a very long time consistently, um, and I think they they've been the ones that have that have spearheaded the you know. The charge, even people like you know uh, Machindo as well, like you know, uh, and, and you know, yeah, it's like, you know, you these are people that um, they don't get mentioned a lot, um, but um, you know, for young black creators and artists like myself, they're just invaluable. 
Um, you know, but but outside that, um, you know, you know, um, something that has been very influential to me is um, Kevin Feige in the, in the MCU. Um, I'm not ashamed to to say that um, you know I modeled my universe in terms of just how the MCU is able to craft stories that weave together so brilliantly, mm-hmm. but stand alone individually at the same time without forcing people to to watch five movies to understand one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the things that um, you know um, I, I've learned from obviously far away. I don't know Kevin Feige. I, I don't. I wouldn't be here if I did. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but uh Kevin, if you're watching, I love you, please give me a call. Um, <laughs> but um no, like you know, just um, you know, um from afar being and obviously before that, Stan Lee and and um you know Jack Kirby and what they were able to put together, you know, you know, I think anybody who loves comics or you know works in comics will mention those names. Um, you know, um, as well too. But these are people that I, I've, I've watched from afar and, and studied very meticulously um, and obviously brought my own spin into what I'm doing. Um, obviously there's a lot of authenticity to what I do, um, you know, um, you know, as well. So, but I, I can't deny the fact that um, from afar, th- these are, you know, people that I've admired and, 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 and I've tried to take from them to be able to, to model to, to be able to model what I do, because I'll tell you, it's, it's very, it's one of the most difficult things trying to build a coherent universe of stories. I thought like, you know, I thought it was going to be hard going into it. It's very hard. And especially the more books you, you create, um, the more, um, difficult it becomes because there's just so much to account for. Um, you know, but I'm happy as to where it is right now. And I'm very, very excited for the future, obviously with this darkest venture, because not only are we going to be able to have more eyes, there's going to be different types of people that are going to be introduced to this from all over the world. And people are going to experience this from the first time from the beginning. Like, you know, these are the people that are going to enjoy it the most because, you know, you're going to be able to, to like September, there's three graphic novels going to be launched in this span of 30 days. You know, people that have been following me, you, you have to wait like one year at a time for these graphic <laughs> novels. And now it's like with this dark horse thing, you know, uh, but I mean, that that's just what, that's just what happens. But yeah, it's, it's an exciting time. And I can't wait to even reveal what's to come because one thing I wanted to, to clarify as well too, is that obviously it's a 10 book deal, you know, uh, and uh, the first couple of books are going to be obviously new editions of the old ones. So for instance, the Unique Studios, Malika Volume 1 and Volume 2, they're going to be combined into Dark Horse Volume 1. Um, but not only that, there's going to be some bonuses that are going to be in that book. So for people that already have um, those Malika um, Unique Editions, the Dark Horse, don't sleep on those Dark Horse Editions because there's going to be different things that are going to be put um, in there um, as well. But um, you know, going into next year, you're going to start to see some new titles and 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 some new reveals as well and i can't say too much because um you know this is you know the, the ink is still drying on, on the <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah but you know just make sure you follow us um you know unique studios on all, all platforms i love that it's, it's scrolling there and you'll be the first to know uh about all these exciting announcements Please tell them to make hardcover i'm such a hardcover fan please I know. <laughs> 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 like when you said that there was going to be bonus content, I was like, yes. Yeah. yeah <laughs> now we can talk about uh, other indie creators and stuff. What yeah. words of advice would you 
you have for other indie creators looking to seek resources that will allow them to follow a similar path, um, investing, distributing uh, deals with larger companies? Right. That's a good question. Um, I think I think the first thing that I would say is create something that's great. Like that's to me, that is your currency in this industry is if you if you do great work, whether it's one comic or five graphic novels, if you do great work, there's somebody out there that's that's willing to whether that's invest or partner with you or you just go to Kickstarter. Right? I did Kickstarter for five years mm -hmm. before any of this happened. I've done 10 Kickstarters, even just saying that with my mouth now, it just sounds like an atrocity because, you know, if anybody, again, one, I don't even need to, like the amount of work it takes to do Kickstarter. And let me just say something about Kickstarter real quick, because there's a lot of misconceptions and I wish I had more time because I, and this is something that I would try to do on my own moving forward. Cause a lot of people ask me how this, how that, um, but Kickstarter is not a place to um, build followers. You bring followers to Kickstarter. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, if you want to do a Kickstarter in December, you better start planning it in June. Um, mm -hmm. And like, if, if you understand those two things, you know, you're going to be better than half of the people that, that put projects on there. Because I feel like a lot of people don't put that into account. You need a good six months, especially if it's your first project. Because what's going to, what you're going to be doing that six months is that you're going to create something that's called an MVP. That's your minimum viable project. Basically, it's like, what can I create for the lowest cost that represents my project? So for me, like if I want to do a 100-page graphic novel, my minimum viable project is a 10-page teaser or chapter one, 20 pages. What I want to do with that MVP is that I want to give it out for free on social media. But not just free. I want to tell people, look, if you want this book, join my email list and you can get it for free. You do that for six months, try and build like a followership of 500 to 1,000 people who you've given out this free thing to and you have an email list. What you then do two days before a Kickstarter launch, you email them and say, hey guys, the full graphic novel is coming up. Here are some more exclusive images that I haven't shared with anybody else. You're going to get them more excited and you tell them, look, as soon as I launch this at 10 a.m. on Tuesday, I want you guys to be the first on there because guess what? When you go on Kickstarter, if you're just there for the first time and you see two projects, I don't care if they're ident identical, and one of them has 200% or 100% funded or 75% funded in six hours, and you have another one that's 10% funded in two in five days, your eye is going to go to the one. It's like, why is this funded in six hours, or why is it halfway in five hours? Like, that's just, unfortunately, human beings, that's just the way our mind works. We want to be attached to success. So when you get your fans to go in there and get you to like 50% in the first six hours, then it's easier for all the other people who are just on Kickstarter to say like, I want to be part of this. Or I'm, I'm going to step up my, you know, um, my, I don't know, was it pedestal or whatever the case may be. Let me go back to the original question, which was the advice. That was just bonus advice. Um, I would say like, just create, focus on trying to create um, great products because that's your currency because great products attracts great people whether that's 1,000 Kickstarter backers or just one investor. Um, and, you know, I, I think if you continuously put your stuff out there, if it's good, people are going to share it. People are going to follow you. People are going to want to know more. And the more you do that, the, cons the more consistently you build a followership. And when you get to the point where you're starting to have 1,000, 5,000 followers or 1,000 email people on your email list, that's a fan base. Mm -hmm. And when people hear you have a fan base, it's easier to really start to build on top of that. Think of it as a snowball. Like mm -hmm. initially when you throw it down, it's this tiny thing, but the more it rolls, the bigger, the bigger, the bigger, the bigger it gets.
Yeah, that's that's great advice. I hope y'all are listening. Taking notes. Taking <laughs> notes. It's in the email. Get around the algorithms. That that's the hard part about social media. If you're not, you know, doing the ads and putting in the money, you know, and you might not be able to, depending on where you are in your your comic yeah. journey. You might not have the, you know, we might be eating noodles, right? Like we, we try, trying to be out here and do what we can. <laughs> Hey, ain't no problem noodles. I still eat them. Like, That's so. what I'm saying. I, me too. Hey, I grew up on noodles, so I, I am not knocking a noodle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So one one more question, and I think this is a really important one. So one of the things I noticed about this particular deal is that you were able to retain your creative control, which mm. is, is just amazing. Yeah. Um how were you able to do that? Like, cause I know for a lot of people when they, you know, have these deals, it's, they lose the creative control and then it get, becomes watered down. It's, it goes for away from your vision and it's just not as powerful as you wanted it to be. So tell us a little bit how you did that. Yeah, that's a good um, question. And I'm glad you asked that because that's something that I wanted to address. I've seen a lot of people ask questions like, well, I hope he cre uh, kept his creative control. And I want to say to those people, I do understand your concern because we have seen, things like this happen where, um, you know, there's an announcement made and then the thing that you fell in love with, you know, isn't the same because obviously there's, you know, different hands in 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 in, in it as well too. And I will say that, you know, sometimes, um, again, this wasn't an option for me, like some, some people that give up creative control, I, I, wanna, I want us not to be too quickly to bash them because we don't know what went into that negotiation. Sure. Mm -hmm. um, we don't know whether, um, that's just something the person needed to do as an initial to get their foot in the door so that they can do something else that they do have creative control over. I think we need to, as a community, be very careful to just jump on people for doing things that we wouldn't necessarily do. I see a lot of this as well, where it's like, oh, he did that. Oh, he must be this, or he must be that. Yeah. Now, there, there are times where we need to drag people for obvious reasons, don't get me wrong. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, more often than not, you just don't know what someone else is going through. Um, yeah. so we have to be very careful um, and also give people a chance to to explain themselves as well. But th that's beside the point. Like for me, uh, two things. Number one, first of all, Dark Horse is a great company um, and they, they never asked for creative control from the beginning. It wasn't something I had to fight for. And I want to make sure I, I say this because you know, um, you know, there's a there's there's a way that people can look at this as, oh, here comes the mainstream publisher yeah. and you know, they're gonna do this and gonna do that. But I'll be remiss if I don't talk about the excellence that they've also approached this, um, you know, this deal as well, because they want this, they want this to be successful and they understand for this to be successful, it has to be authentic. Yeah. It's, and uh, especially with something like this, it has to be on. Uh, and, and you know, they're very smart people at Dark Horse, and um, they understand that. So from from the very jump, it was look, Roy. Um, and it's not that they don't offer suggestions or they don't guide me because look, I don't know everything. I'm I, like, and that's that's the mentality I always have with everything that I do. Roy, you don't know everything. I think anybody that feels like there's nothing else to learn is somebody that is really heading for a brick wall very soon because there's never a point in your life where you stop learning. Um, so there's there's times uh, where doctors have said, you know, um, you know, I don't know about this. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but, you know, is this something that you may want to change? And there's two ways that goes, no, I don't want to change it. Or, oh, I didn't realize this. This is what I'm going to do. Um, but rest assured, like, I still maintain creative control over, you know, the stories. And it's part of the reasons why I'm very grateful to be part of a, 
um, company like Dark Horse that um, has the foresight to be able to say, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do this the right way. We're going to keep the authenticity as well. And I also want to say that um, obviously with the tragedy that happened last year with, you know, George Floyd and, and, and the whole Black Lives Matter movement, you know, becoming something that was just incredibly explosive for very good reasons. Um, although Black Lives Matter has existed for years before that, um, mm -hmm. you know, there were a lot of companies that were put under pressure to like hire diversity, um, you know, do diversity hires or, or, or do more black stories. Mm -hmm. Dark, Horse, Dark Horse approached me in 2019 before mm -hmm. that out public mainstream outcry for uh, the Black Lives Matter movement and, and, you know, hire more black creatives and all that. So I think they also need to be commended on that as well, even having the foresight before all that happened to be able to say, um, this is something that we want to do. This is something that we want to help bring to, to a larger market as well. No, yeah, absolutely. That's that's great context. And I, I did recall you mentioning that in one of the articles. So yeah. thanks for speaking on that. And shout out to Dark Horse Comics for giving, you know, Roy um, a chance to, you know, expand his network um, in his universe and yeah. providing the, re the, the critical resources that we need. And yeah. I'm just so excited for your success and the, you know, the, the larger path that you'll be blazing for the rest of us who will, who will be coming behind you, you know, soon. So definitely. All right. Well, I think that's the, the, the end of our time. I don't want to keep you too long. Um, is there anything else you want to tell folks before we sign off for the night? Uh, no, I mean, just, um, you know, continue to watch this space because like just the guests you've been bringing on, like, you know, what people have to say is very important in, in this industry. And I want to thank you, um, you guys for putting this together um, and, and bringing such amazing guests. And I look forward to seeing, you know, some of the other people that, that you bring on board because like there's a lot of diverse voices in the in, in the comic space and they, they deserve to have a platform where they can express more and talk more about um, their projects and, and things that they're working on. I just think this is a fantastic, um, you know, um, venture that, that you guys have put together, something that I'm, I'm, I'm very proud of, like, you know, um, you know, of what you're doing, uh, you know, Moana specifically, because obviously we, we go back as well, um, you know, so I want to just congratulate you on this and please don't stop doing it. Um, you know, a lot of us in the industry are very grateful for this because I know you have your own stuff that you're working. I don't know how you do this and do all that. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't do it. Like, I, like, honestly, like I tried to do an Instagram live the other day and, and just thinking about it, I quit. Just thinking about, okay, I have to set it up. I have to put out a flyer. I have to tell this is what I'm going to talk. I just like, I can't do it. So I can't even imagine doing this and my own stuff. So I want to commend you on that. And please don't stop. Please continue to do that. And, and, and let me know in any way that I can help. I would, I would love to come back. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and talk some more. Hopefully by then I have even more, uh, you know, bigger news, um, you know, as well to share. Oh, absolutely. We, we would definitely welcome you back anytime. Um, and we have some panels that we're kind of planning, um, you know, like throughout the year, trying to pace myself. Dana's been amazing at like, she's the magic behind a lot of this too. Awesome. Um, awesome. Appreciate you guys. <laughs> and just trying to keep me like, okay, we, we, we shouldn't yeah. be doing it in this month. We have too many things going on. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. You're right. Let me, let me pace myself. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
right, right, right. right. So if folks want to buy stuff even before it comes out on Dark Horse, can they still get it from you? Um, no. So again, I warned people last year and I couldn't say why, because I was telling people, look, if you want to get these books, you better do it now. Um, but uh, you can pre-order it. That's a good thing. It's like, so if you go to uniquestudios.com, yeah, you're the lucky one because that's, that's, that, you're never going to see those editions ever again. So um, I'm happy for everyone that was able to get those Unique Studios self-published editions because trust me, that's it's done and, 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 and it's gone. Um, but yeah, if people want to get the books, they're available for pre-order. Obviously, Malika Volume 1 comes out first in September, then Ianu in September of Volume 1 as well, and then EXO Volume 1 in October. But now you can pre-order it. Just go to uniquestudios.com and click on shop, and then it's a redirect to you. Um, to to the um, to the Penguin Random House website where you can actually um, pre-order the books and, and yeah like you know I know it's not sexy to pre-order but it does help like so if it's something that you know that you're actually going to want to read then um, it'll help um, going going to pre-order because you know this is we've all been crying we want to see more diversity more diversity in mainstream 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 mm-hmm. and now now it's here and now it's here in droves it's yeah. not just one comic like you're talking about graphic novels upon graphic novels you're talking 10 mm-hmm. books over um you know the next few years so please for everybody that has been shouting that we want this we want more of this please i'm begging you i i did this for you so <laughs> don't let me down don't let me down and um one i'll be expecting those matrix statues in the mail you know as soon as possible <laughs> i just want to i want to put that on live tv so i <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I can't oh, stop looking at it. I want so just for I, you. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Thank awesome. you so much, guys. Thank you so much. No, thank you. We we really appreciate you coming on. We know your time is valuable even more so now because you gotta create this greatness. Um you're a full-time, you know, full-time creator now. Um, lots of congratulations coming in from you know the audience. So and we've been yeah, we've had great uh, viewership um, during this episode. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And Morgan's like, thanks for... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yes, yeah. from your fellow indie creators, thank you so much for leading the charge. And we look forward to joining you on the podium soon. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much. Yep. All right, guys. So follow Roy um, on social media at Unique Studios, all platforms. Follow myself at The Real Life Moana on Instagram and Dana at Danike Events. And of course, support the podcast. Subscribe on YouTube. Okay, yeah. So we're trying to get to 100 subscribers on YouTube. We haven't been pushing it a lot. So I know people are watching and and just not subscribing. So we're going to try to be good about calling you guys to action. So go ahead to the YouTube channel, subscribe, go to our Facebook page, subscribe. Thank you so much. It helps us with our algorithms too, to expand the reach, just like with comics and everything else in this social media space. But um, thank you guys. We're also on Twitch. So you can also... Follow us on Twitch. We're trying to build our platform on Twitch. We just launched ourselves on Twitch. So please, if you are a person that's more on Twitch than any of the other platforms, follow us right there so you can see us live on Twitch also. Awesome. Thanks, Dana. All righty, guys. We hope everyone's doing well. Take care. Be safe. Be kind. And most importantly, go pre-order those books. Yes. See you guys later. Ahoy ho. Okay.